Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Virginia Audio Collective and the Family Podcast Network. On the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Selena Lohr with the VHHA team, and today we're excited to be joined by Dr. Sarah Glass an oral pathologist at VCU Health. She's with us for a wide-ranging conversation on efforts to raise awareness about the importance of oral cancer screenings, early detection, research projects, and more. So with that, welcome to the program, Dr. Glass. Thanks for being with us. Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me. Of course, we're really happy to have you. So as we record this, we're approaching April, which is Oral Cancer Awareness Month. As a concept, oral cancer sounds fairly self-explanatory, but in researching the topic, it's clear there are many forms of cancer that affect the mouth, neck, and throat. I understand that about 54,000 Americans are diagnosed with these cancers each year, leading to more than 13,000 deaths. Beyond that high-level information, what are some of the most important things people need to know about these types of cancers? Well, I think just to start is the fact that you can have cancer occur inside the mouth. I was just having a conversation with my barista at the coffee shop the other day, telling him a little bit about what I do and that I teach our dental students how to identify oral cancer. And you could tell he was surprised to know that you could get cancer inside the mouth. So about, I would say, 90 or maybe even over 90% of the cancers that occur in the mouth are oral squamous cell carcinomas. And those are cancers that usually occur on the lateral borders of the tongue or the side of the tongue, usually in patients, oftentimes male, who are in their 50s or 60s. And we do see a link with tobacco use. But there are also some other cancers that can occur inside the mouth as well. So we can have salivary gland tumors occurring there. We can even see hematological malignancies occurring in the oral cavity. So there are actually quite a few things that we're looking for when we're doing our screenings for head and neck exams. So I teach our dental students here how to do those and how every single patient that they see should have uh, an oral cancer screening. Sometimes we call them head and neck exams, which, as you pointed out, we're looking not just at the mouth, but also the skin and the head and neck region, feeling the neck, checking for any swollen lymph nodes, things of that sort. But also we want our medical colleagues to be doing these as well as patients um, knowing what they should look for when they're looking inside their mouth. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as we head into April, the Virginia Dental Association is trying to raise awareness about oral cancer risk factors and the importance for dentists to perform routine exams for oral cancer during dental appointments, which I know you just touched on. What message do you want to convey? And what are some warning signs that you would tell people to be on the lookout for? Absolutely. So some of the things that we want to look out for um, on our exams are going to be things that don't go away in two weeks. So the oral cavity gets traumatized quite a bit, whether that's from eating or talking or accidentally biting yourself. But all of those things that occur frequently and that we're not concerned about should heal on their own. So when someone identifies an abnormal area inside the mouth that persists longer than two weeks, then that needs to be investigated a little bit more. So some of the changes we're looking for are areas that are white and do not rub off. We call those leukoplakias or areas that are red. We call those erythroplakias. So where we're starting to see some changes in the tissue, that's not quite right. 
The size of the tongue, as I mentioned, is the most common location for oral cancer with about 50% of them occurring there. But really anywhere in the oral cavity is a place where we can identify cancer. So really getting in there and looking to see what we can find on exam will be important to make sure all of the sites are screened. And what's really neat about doing these exams is that we don't need any special equipment to do it. We just need to use our eyes and our hands to visualize all of the sites to see if we can find any of those abnormal mucosal changes. And in addition to raising public awareness, I understand that you're presently working with the VCU dental student Vanessa Brown on a research study related to establishing a baseline for dentists when it comes to performing head and neck exams. I gather there are some limits on what you can say about this research as it is ongoing, but what can you tell us about this project, its origins, and goals? Sure. So I can give you just a little bit of information. I don't want to give too much away as we're getting ready to start this study soon. But I will tell you in the month of April, we're conducting a research study that we're using a survey to kind of assess baseline knowledge of the prevalence of dentists performing a head and neck exam using visual and tactile methods and the prevalence of biopsies conducted after a head and neck exam. So we are looking forward to seeing what those results show and what our dentists in the community are doing. Awesome. Thank you. And if you would, could you tell us some more about your clinical work, the patients you work with, and any other conditions you may be involved in treating? Sure, I'd be happy to. My schedule is a little all over the place in that I kind of wear a hat every single day, a different hat. So I spend a lot of time teaching our students really at every single year of their curriculum here in the dental school, as well as collaborating with some of our medical students and residents at the hospital. So I teach them really about all the different kinds of pathology that can occur in the oral cavity, and there's a wide range, starting with our very common cavities and periodontal disease through our malignancies like oral cancer, but also everything in between. So there's lots of unusual lumps and bumps that can occur, as well as even manifestations of uh, different oral diseases. So vitamin C deficiency and lupus and drug reactions can all occur inside the mouth. So my main focus is teaching. I'm also a laboratory director here for our biopsy service. So we get tissue specimens from the oral cavity from all over Virginia and even beyond where when a patient has something abnormal, that's removed and then sent to us at the biopsy service for microscopic examination. And from that, we're able to make a diagnosis for the patient, which then ultimately gets them the treatment that they need. I also see a handful of patients here in the clinic. I kind of think about it a bit like oral dermatology. So when patients have coastal diseases inside the mouth, conditions such as like implantis, pemphigoid, pemphigus, things that are causing chronic ulcerations and pain and discomfort. I really help them manage those chronic conditions. And oftentimes they've seen multiple providers and um, have had some trouble finding someone to help them with their care. So I also see those patients. And then finally, I do a little bit of research when I have the time. And I also am just a resource for the community. So anyone with challenging questions when it comes to lesions inside the mouth, wherever they may be, I I am available for them to utilize if they need to ask questions about what's going on with their patients. Thank you for sharing some of your time and expertise with us today. Before we finish up, Dr. Glass, we have two final personal questions for you to give our audience a sense of who you are beyond the work you do. To keep things interesting, we're introducing the element of chance, so we have a list of 10 questions. So could you pick two numbers between 1 and 10, and then we'll ask you the corresponding questions from a list? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, Well, let's start with number four. All right. Number four, you have 30 seconds to get on your soapbox and speak about something that's on your heart. 
So this is a family program, so please keep it PG. And with that, we'll count down from three and start the timer. All right, so ready? Uh, okay, I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, so my soapbox topic would probably be the fact that medicine and dentistry is not more interconnected. So I find a lot of patients fall into this no man's land in between medicine and dentistry where they have conditions that really touch on both areas and it makes it challenging for patients to seek care. So I really want to see more interprofessional collaboration because that's really going to benefit patients. And so I'm working on that and I hope that I'm achieving that and I hope others are reaching out and doing the same because it's just better for patient care. I wish medicine and dentistry were together and housed together and, you know, we're under the same umbrella, but I think in the future we'll see that happen. But until then, it does pose some challenges for us. Awesome. That was really good, especially for being on the spot. So thank you. <laughs> and your second number? Um, let's go with number 10. Cool. What is your happy place and why? Oh my goodness. I would probably say I'd have to have two happy places. So um, if it's at work, it's going to have to be by my microscope. Any pathologist will probably tell you the same. Um, I like to be by my microscope and I like to have some snack next to me because we describe everything in terms of food. So being at the microscope and looking at the cells, I find really kind of my purpose. But you always need to have a way to step back from your job. And so I would say my other happy place to be is going to be curled up on the couch with all of my animals. I have two dogs and two cats. So there's nothing better than sitting on the couch with them and watching a movie. I love both of those answers so much. <laughs> so that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Sarah Glass, for joining us today. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.